Are you or someone you love struggling with mental health issues like anxiety, depression, self-harm, raging ups and downs, or thoughts of suicide? Are these behaviors affecting all aspects of your life, including the relationships with those you love the most? Are you feeling hopeless and desperate for long-lasting peace and relief from your irrational behavior, but feel like the therapies you've tried have just become a short-term band-aid? I have. I've been there, and I know how you're feeling. From relationship pain and personal shame, I've been through it all. And because I've been there, I also know how difficult it can be to climb the mental wellness mountain on your own. That's why I started White Rock Mental Fitness. At White Rock Mental Fitness, you'll get personal training from someone who knows, from personal experience, how to deal with your mental health challenges. How? Just like a personal trainer helps you lose physical weight and get your body in shape, I help my clients lose mental weight and get their minds in shape, and I teach you what you need to know to stay in shape. Unlike expensive coaches and therapists, we offer affordable, customized, personal mental fitness training to guide you through the process of overcoming your specific mental health struggles. If you're ready to get happy and stay happy, visit whiterockmentalfitness.com where we help you go from barely hanging on to superhero strong. That's whiterockmentalfitness.com. Hey there, everybody. My name is Dave Miller, and welcome back to the Mentally Ill Mentor podcast. I'm so grateful to be here with you today. And can I just tell you, like I always like to tell you, I just love you. I know I've never met you. It probably sounds funny for me to say that, but I really do. I believe, you know, we got this world of like 8 billion people approximately. And we're, I just believe that we're all brothers and sisters here. We're all trying our best. We all want to help each other. And that's how I can say I really love you, and I'm so grateful that you decided to join here with me today. Well, today I want to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is shaming without parenting. Hold on, that's not exactly what I meant. Parenting without shaming and the incredible power that there is in that. Now, I need to let you know and be real honest by telling you a story about my experience with this. I will admit to you that I am a bit of a shamer in the way that I try and elicit the behaviors that I want from our children. We have seven wonderful children. Six of them still live at home. Our youngest is nine, Joe, as I've talked about. Our oldest is Thomas, who's 24. And um, we have just incredible children And it's been such an adventure to be in this life and to be raising them along with my beautiful wife, Amy, of over 25 years. But one of the things I've identified, and it actually came to me this morning. So I was up a little bit early to meditate this morning because I had a podcast interview with someone who you're going to hear from on Monday. I don't want to give it away, but can I just tell you, you do not want to miss this interview. Um, it was someone who was affected by a suicide of someone very close to her. And uh, yeah, so come back on Monday to hear that one. So I got up a little early. I'm meditating. 
And as part of my meditation, I don't know if I've mentioned this before or not. I think I have, but I envisioned being out in, on the beach in Waterton, which is about half an hour from our home, not too far from the Montana border. And I envisioned being out there on a beautiful sunny day, no wind. And I'm sitting there in my red lawn chair, which I love because it's so comfortable. Perfect day, nice and sunny, not too hot, not too cold. And I do my meditating there with Tamara Levitt. I'm envisioning in my mind who guides me through my 10-minute meditation. When I'm done my 10-minute meditation, I then, in my mind, meet with my 120-year-old self. Now, this concept was introduced to me by, or actually the concept was introduced to me by me, but along those lines, uh, I attended this Tony Robbins seminar a few days ago, and he talked about, you know, what would you say to your 20-year-old self from the viewpoint of where you are now in your life. And I thought, you know, I it's easier for me to think of what would my 120-year-old self say to Dave Miller, who lives in Cardston, Alberta, Canada, who's 47 years old. And so as I've thought about it that way and thought, you know, here, I'm sure by that time I'd be dead. And so I'd basically be an angel who knew a lot about a lot of stuff and could see the big picture. And meeting with my 120-year-old self on that beach in Waterton uh, at about 6.40, right, after I've met with Tamara Levitt and she's guided me through my meditation and everything, uh, which focuses all of my breathing and, and is so wonderful every morning. Of course, this really happens just through the app, Calm app, C-A-L-M. And so I was meeting with Dave 120, as I call him now, because it's just easier to say than my 120-year-old self. And you know what happened? Wow, I got a an epiphany. It was an aha moment. And I realized something that I've known in my heart for a long time about shame, but I've never really totally come to terms with and never been totally able to understand how to solve the problem. And that is the great importance of me getting rid of my habit of shaming our children. I'm going to try real hard not to get emotional as I talk about this. And because I've been meditating, I think this will be possible. I did get a little emotional before I went on the air here, but um, because it's something that hurts my heart, that this is a behavior that I engage in and it's just not right. And yet I find myself, especially when it comes to the dang screen time, where uh, this is a bit of a source of, hmm, what would you call it? I just wish things were a little different when it came to the amount of screen time that our children engage in. And yet, I think the, the way that I, not I think, I know the way that I've been trying to elicit the behavior that I would like in terms of screen time has been to kind of shame and, you know, almost even, I don't know, it's been very unhealthy. Let's just put it that way. And I, I have felt a burden on my shoulders like this weight after I maybe get a little upset and 
put a guilt trip on them or whatever, that type of thing, and try and make them feel bad, like they're bad because they're on their screens all the time. So this morning I'm with Dave 120, my 120-year-old self, and, and more or less I felt like as we were meeting virtually in my head, and as we were doing this, I felt as if he was telling me, this is a practice I need to stop. And I thought, wow, that's a lot of wisdom really coming from my own head, but I wasn't able to tap into it until I felt as if it was someone who was really wise who was bringing that to me. Now the emotion's starting to come up. I'll just keep talking. And so I asked our kids earlier today, I just said, I'm really sorry. I hope you can forgive me. I um, This has been wrong. This is not a correct way of parenting. And I apologize. And I want to do better. And I promise you I'll try my best. I also let them know I don't promise that I'll be perfect at this. This has been a pretty entrenched um, thing in my heart. Uh, shaming, which sounds like, ooh, that sounds like a yuck thing to talk about. But that's the truth. Um, and so it seemed like that really resonated with him. Oh, dad's going to stop shaming us for being on screens. They're like, ah, we're really grateful dad is meditating. So that's where it's all come from. That's men. I got to tell you, um, ever since I started meditating, September 11th, 2020, my life has changed. It'll never be the same. And if you don't meditate, can I just invite you with every feeling I have in my heart and soul, please meditate and please tell everybody you know to meditate as well or invite them to meditate. That's what's brought me to this point. So I'm meeting with Dave 120. I realize this is a problem. And then my next thought is like, I need to know how to do this right. How can I do this right? Parent without shame. Now, I still don't believe it's right just to have our kids uh, go on screens all the time or do whatever they want. Absolutely not. I think there needs to, there definitely needs to be boundaries. There needs to be consequences in certain cases. But I've also noticed in the school system, do you remember when, if you're my age, 47 years old, I mean, they used to give the strap when you got out of line, like a belt, whack on your hand. I mean, today, if a principal did that, they'd go to jail. We just don't do that. And I've never believed in doing that, to hit someone, to tell them that it's not right to do something. So that's kind of a different level of punishment, discipline, slash shame, that kind of thing. But I think in the school system, what I see now is a lot more motivation through positive rewards. And I th I've always thought, like I remember, I don't know how many years ago it was, but there's this whitewater rafting trip. If you have, I think, 100% attendance for the whole year, something to that effect anyways, at our school, elementary school here in Cardston. And Amy and I were able to go on that trip with, I think it was Thomas. And so that's been a number of years ago now. But I know that's the conventional wisdom in the school system. They have figured out that rewarding rather than punishing and doing positive things rather than shaming work a lot better when it comes to eliciting the desired behavior from children. So I'm thinking to myself as I'm going about my day today, there's got to be a better way. I'm no longer, I'm committed 
to not shaming anymore when it comes to my parenting. And I'm going to try my best. I know I'll make mistakes. I'll probably fall back into those bad patterns at certain points in time, but I know I can do this. I'm going to improve. And I promise myself that I will and our children. So because I wanted to talk about it today, I looked up on the internet, just how to parent your kids without shame, basically. And here's what came up. Boom. How to parent your kids without shame. Wonderful article, focusonthefamily.com by Dr. Kelly Flanagan, August 22nd, 2018. I want to read it to you. It's incredible. Here's the byline. Shame may be an effective method for modifying behavior, but it shapes a child in all the wrong ways. Now, here's the kind of scary thing, folks. I think that's why I've been a shamer. It works. But so did the strap. So did the belt, right? You're scared of your parents. My parents never did the strap or the belt or whatever, but I saw it happen. I watched people. I thankfully never got it myself in high school, but I watched people that did, and that scared me. And yeah, I did not want to do something that would, you know, uh, end up in me in the principal's office getting the strap. So to a, a lesser uh, physical punishment degree, when it comes to shame, that's kind of the scary thing. It is a powerful tool to modify behavior, but certainly the wrong one. Let me start into the story they tell in the article. Again, this isn't me. I need to learn about this stuff, which is part of why I'm sharing it with you, because I believe that probably a lot of you as listeners to this podcast uh, will be interested in this. So How to Parent Your Kids Without Shame by Dr. Kelly Flanagan. Okay, Quinn was four when he hit his two-year-old sister in the face. I led him to his bedroom, closed the door behind us, and knelt down to his level. The fury in my eyes was reflected in his own. I wanted to ask, what's wrong with you? And I wanted to answer that question myself with a biting remark such as, you are a bad boy. In other words, I wanted to shame him. Okay, again, this is not me. This is Dr. Kelly Flanagan. So to continue on, shame is the message we receive from the people around us that says we are basically bad, broken, and irredeemable. Shame is different from guilt. We talked about this a little yesterday and in other episodes as well. Shame is different from guilt. A sense of guilt that isn't manufactured by another person can be a good emotion built into our soul to tell us we did something wrong. Shame, and I'm, I'm, this is not an exact quote, so I'm putting in a little bit of stuff myself here. Shame is not a good emotion drilled into our soul that tells us we are something wrong. And this is what Brene Brown talks about as well, right? Guilt says we made a mistake. Shame says we, so let's say I'm saying this to myself, I made a mistake. Or that's guilt. Shame says, I am a mistake. And that's what I have felt so many times in my life, which I know has been the root cause of my anxiety, depression, and thoughts of suicide. Back to the article. 
Okay, so shame is not a good emotion drilled into our soul that tells us we are something wrong. A sense of guilt when it is natural can correct our performance. Shame condemns our person. As a parent, it is tempting to shame my kids. Why? And this is the amazing thing, folks, because it works. Okay, now this, this breaks my heart. I may get emotional. I did when I was reading it just in preparation for this episode, but I'm going to read it. Okay, so why does shame work with kids? Shame feels so painful that a child will do almost anything to avoid feeling it again. Remember that image of the principal strapping someone, whack with their belt on someone's hand? This is the same thing. It's an emotional strap. Want to read it one more time. Shame feels so painful that a child will do almost anything to avoid feeling it again. A child will reform almost any behavior and alter almost any performance to avoid the condemnation of their personhood. So in the short term, shame is a highly effective method for shaping behavior. However, over time, it also shapes a child's soul in all the wrong ways. Fortunately, there is an alternative to shaming our kids. It's called delight. Folks, I've never heard of this before until I prepared for this episode. I am so excited to share this with you. The alternative to shaming our kids is called delight. Okay, so now I'm thinking, here's what I can do with our children and screen time and other things as well. Okay, delight um, is, okay, where are we here? Okay, so she gives an example of it. So kneeling in front of Quinn, I wanted to shame him, but every once in a while, I put one in the win column. Okay, so she's not perfect at it, so she got it right this time is what she's saying. I put one in the win column as a parent. I didn't shame him. Isn't that cool? So she didn't shame him. Instead, I delighted in him. Okay, so here's the example she gives. I told him, Quinn, I know you love your sister, and I know you have a tender heart. Isn't that cool? So there's an affirmation of the goodness of this four-year-old boy rather than a destructive um, focus on his not-so-great behavior. So the message is, I really disagree with your behavior, and that was not right. You do not hit your sister, but it doesn't mean you're bad just means you did something that wasn't good. So let me just read it one more time. Here's how we do it. Quinn, I know you love your sister, and I know you have a tender heart. Can you find a way to apologize to your sister? You can come out of your bedroom when you're ready to do so. Okay, so the consequence was you got to give the apology. You're in a timeout, but no yelling, no screaming, no hitting. A few minutes passed. Okay, I'm going to start getting emotional here. 
A few minutes passed, then 30, then an hour. This is a four-year-old boy, folks. A few minutes, then 30, then an hour. The bedroom door creaked open and Quinn came out holding something. He had spent an hour doing what? Crafting an apology card to his little sister. It was beautiful. Turns out I had seen what was delightful in Quinn, and it helped him to see it in himself. His good performance arose from this delightful part of his parenthood. That story is absolutely amazing to me. I do not see how any amount of shaming, any amount of anything could ever elicit that response from a four-year-old who just hit their sister or brother, their sibling. And yet, 60 minutes for a four-year-old who comes up with his own idea to make an apology card. Holy moly. That's incredible. And it shows you the way kids can respond when they're treated without shame. When it's affirmed in their soul that they are someone good, they did something that wasn't right. But intrinsically, they're good. Oh, I'm so glad I found this article. Parenting with delight. Okay, so she talks about a few different things. Seeing, embracing, and celebrating. Three things, okay? So this is what uh, those of us who, unfortunately, have been in the habit of shaming our children can keep in mind. Why is this so important? Not only because it's the right thing, but I truly believe that we will help our children have better mental health when they don't have to deal with shame from their parents. It'll help them build self-esteem. And then those things that they can fall into at certain times, anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, this will help inoculate them against that. So here's what she says, parenting with delight. First headline, seeing. When your child's behavior is less than delightful, we must provide consequences, of course. But those consequences must be rooted in an awareness of what is most delightful about their heart. This requires time and intentionality to see. It means putting down our phones and ambitions and making the effort to really see our kids. It means playing the long game. I don't know, from a business perspective, I think of in investing time in our kids. It pays off. And what a great example where she said, you know, I know you have a tender heart. I know you love your sister, but, you know, this is not acceptable behavior. And the behavior is what's wrong. Not you. It's not the child. It's the behavior. And I think that's the big distinction. Okay, next one. Embracing. Embraces are tender. They send a message that is the opposite of shame. Maybe that's why I love to hug so much. I think it is. Because if someone was shaming you, would you feel like hugging them? Uh, nope. Obviously not. But when you're hugging someone, it's like this feeling of acceptance and love and connection. 
And it's the opposite of shame. Wow, that's pretty cool. No matter how unlovable you act, you will always be loved in these arms. What a message to send to your child. You might make mistakes, but you are not a mistake. And you will always belong. We can embrace our kids with our arms, with our words, and with our time. Wow, this woman is brilliant. This is These are like gold nuggets, aren't they? Isn't this amazing? I'd love to bring this woman on the podcast and, and uh, interview her. This is just amazing. Dr. Flanagan, Kelly Flanagan. Actually, you know what? I guess I'm just assuming she's a woman. Kelly could be a man. Whoever it is, him, her, I would love to bring them on the podcast. This is just ooh, gold nuggets. Okay. Celebrating is the last one. Um, let's set aside regular times of gathering with our kids, moments where they can have our full attention and we can concentrate on delighting in them. Now on this one, I'm kind of grateful for this. A long time ago, I remember when Thomas was quite young, we started having what we call special times with our children. And we'd do everything from going on a bike ride to one time when Thomas was eight years old, we took him out to a place called Sylvan Lake in central Alberta, Canada. And uh, in the wintertime, of course, it's Canada, it's frozen over, so you can drive on it and they actually make little ice roads. And so I let Thomas drive on this ice road at eight years old because, well, you're in the middle of a lake. There's literally nothing you can hit and there's no danger. And I think he still remembers that. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was really celebrating him. And and on those special times, um, I always made a point and we still do it. We actually don't do it as often as we used to, but I keep a reminder on my phone um, every Monday to remind us to plan these special times. Um, And I would always let him know, and I've tried to do this with all our other children as well, to let them know how wonderful they are. And how much worth they have. And that even if somebody offered us a billion or a trillion dollars, we wouldn't even think of trading them. And I've always had this hope that that would help them to understand their real true worth and value. And so with all the, I don't know, I guess almost shame, hopefully I'm feeling guilt about the way I've been parenting. Um, Along with that, when I read this celebrating, advice. I'm grateful that that's something that I've done actually fairly well at at certain times. And I'm certain that you have as well. So it's moments that they can have our full attention and we can concentrate on delighting in them. Quinn is now 10 years old. Last night, okay, this is such, this is a cool story. Last night at the dinner table, his brother accidentally tore his coveted yearbook. For a few minutes, I watched him wrestle with his sadness, and some of the old fury rose into his eyes. Then suddenly, the delightful truth about who he is rose to the surface once again. He asked his brother simply to repair the yearbook, and then he asked if the rest of us 
uh, and then he asked the rest of us if we could go back to talking about something happy. He asked me how my day went. I just looked at him with delight. Isn't that cool? Okay, about the author. He is a man. Sorry, Dr. Flanagan. <laughs> Thought you were a woman for a while. Clinical psychologist Dr. Kelly Flanagan uh, is the co-founder of Artisan Clinical Associates in Naperville, Illinois. Um, and then it talks more about uh, some other stuff there. Wow, isn't this great information? So seeing, embracing, and celebrating. S-E-C. Securities and Exchange Commission. Whoops, got my business mind on again. Anyways, but that's how I can remember it. Stock market, S-E-C. Seeing, I'm just closing my eyes now and trying to remember it. Seeing, embracing, what was the third one? Celebrating. Seeing, embracing, celebrating. So I just want to finish out the podcast with my wholehearted, um, what could I call it? Just to give you, to convey to you the passion that I have about the concept contained within this article of not shaming, but celebrating our children. Our children are such a gift. I remember before we had children, before we had Thomas, it took us a little while to get pregnant. Once we um, were wanting to have children and once we felt that we were ready for that and um, I remember, my, we were like, come on, we want some kids. We want to we wanna just connect with them and be able to shape their lives and be the best parents that we can be. And I remember when Thomas was born, and it was just so wonderful. And Amy has been such a wonderful mother to him, to our son Harrison, Juliana, Jacob, Rex, Katie, and Joe. And uh, of course, now you've heard from Sadie, our daughter-in-law as well, who married Harrison. And it's just, oh man, uh, what a wonderful adventure in life to be able to have children and how grateful I am for this article, How to Parent Your Kids Without Shame. I have learned a lot. And I'm also so grateful that my more or less inner wisdom, which is exactly what it was, Dave 120, my inner wisdom guy, uh, was able to help me to understand in this meeting this morning that this is something I really needed to work on because shame parenting, pretty destructive. And uh, you know what? I'm going to forgive myself for that. But I'm also on a mission to change that. Our children are so good, and I know yours are too. All children are good. All ad adults are good too, even if, well, I would say the vast majority, even though a lot of times we make mistakes, and some of us even big ones. Um, so I just want to leave that with you and I want to give you a challenge because I'm going to take this challenge as well for the next week. Let's work on those three things. Those of us who are parents. And if you're a shaming parent, like I am, let's just make that, or let me go back. Like I was, if you're a shaming parent, like I have been, and like I am now committed to putting behind me. Let's work on these three, three things, S-E-C, seeing, embracing, and what was the third one again? Oh, good night. Let me go back here. Celebrating, okay? S-E-C, seeing, embracing, and celebrating. Our kids are worth it. They need us, and we need them, and it's just such a wonderful 
thing that we can have offspring, that it's been set up that way for us to be in families and to experience the incredible joy of being in a family. It's so wonderful. It's such an adventure. And we can make the adventure even better as the leaders of the adventure when we put away shame and do more of the seeing, the embracing, and the celebrating. So I leave you with that challenge for the next week, and I'm giving it to me too. Let's do it. Okay, well, thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, I just love meeting with you every day. I'm so excited to meet with you again tomorrow. I'm so excited for you on Monday as well to listen to this interview with Jermaine Fields is her name. And uh, I I just don't want to give much away, so I don't want to tell you much about it. But it's just incredible. You don't want to miss it. And um, I just, before we go, again, as I always say, If you're feeling kind of discouraged, if you're struggling with anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, or all these other things that come along with mental health challenges, if you're just not in a good spot right now, I just want to tell you, I love you. Imagine me being there with you and just giving you the biggest Canadian bear hug and letting you know, you know what? I know a lot of how you feel. For over 20 years, I've struggled with very similar things. I know it's nasty. I know it can be so tempting to want to give up hope. But I ask you, please don't do it. Life can be so great. Stick with me on this podcast. I want to show you how I did it. And I'm not saying I'm totally over all my mental health struggles, but I'm so much better than I used to be. So much more mentally strong. And the difficult times are so much less difficult and so much less frequent. And the intense thoughts of suicide that I used to have, virtually gone. It's just such a wonderful life. So as someone who knows what it's like, hang in there. You can do this. You got this. I love you and I look forward to talking to you again again tomorrow. I love you. Have a great time while you're gone. And have hope. You can do it. Bye-bye.